Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Studio to the talk shoe stream. Stand by, please.
it seems like we're having a little bit of trouble uh, getting on uh, some of our other networks, and so we're just going to do this right from uh, TalkShoe, and uh, we'll get the guests called. And in the meantime, welcome to the Waterman Files. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. Well, ground crew, we are not alone. And you are not in this all by yourself. And uh, tonight's broadcast will not be done by just me, but my friend Aaron Dakins. And we'll get right into it here in just a moment. Wanted to apologize before we get started. Having a little hiccup getting onto All News Network and all those venues. Somehow or other, I cannot raise any phone number. Nothing's answering. In fact, the automatic answerer, which gets us into the studio there, wouldn't answer. It'd hang up on me. It's behaving a little different than it has in the past when it didn't work. So I don't know what's going on. But uh, we're here on TalkShoot. You can depend on it. By the way, uh, Aaron, just to kind of let you know, too, hey, did you know that TalkShoot got bought out? And uh, it's now owned by a conference calling company, and they're going to rev it up. Uh, they They have plans to keep it free. And they're basically saying, look out, uh, uh, not uh, uh, talks you will remain talks you, but they're going to rev up the back end of it. And they said, look out, blog talk, here we come. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Hi, Doc. Hi. Cool. Yeah. So that's going to be 
It's always been reliable. Now, I don't know if Brad was going to get on, too, but if he wants to, we can give him a phone number to call in. Okay. He's back in the fish room. All right. He's plumbing right now. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Good. Well, welcome, everybody, to the broadcast. This is the Waterman Files. We're live 7 p.m. East Coast time, as you already know. And I give you all the links on all of the uh, locations, and if one of them isn't working, <laughs> you can always try TalkShoe. Many of the people, Aaron, like to go to TalkShoe. Sometimes there's a little buffer problem, you know, getting it started. Correct. I have buffer problems, but then you just restart it, and it's fine. And sometimes you're offered a different kind of player, and uh, it's kind of hard to see because there's this little thing going across the little window, but below it, there's another player. And if you get that one, voila, it, it will stream in a different kind of okay. thing. <laughs> I listen to it on the phone a lot, so. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but it works. It's uh, They're all on the chat here and uh, saying that it's uh, it's working. It's uh, working. And Aaron's... Uh, kind of coming off of her own event. And, of course, yes, uh, she's trying to join me with some kind of uh, pain. I, I hate to say that, but she was in a car wreck. We're the pain geeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and thank goodness you were in a big vehicle, you know, yeah. pickup truck. Uh, and you had just had strapped in your uh, grandbaby, right? Correct. That, that, that's kind of a spooky thought, isn't it? You know? I'm still I'm still traumatized. Well, jeez, maybe they it were. Is. Surely no. they weren't. Were the illegals? No, actually no. <laughs> surprise! Were, uh, surprise! Um, okay, well, good. Uh, I'm sure it was purely an accident. And, I'm sure uh, it was too. But then again, don't text and drive either. So okay. You know, they're telling me that you're a little low, and I have tried to ramp you up as high as I can. Let me see if I can adjust my phone. Hang on. Nope, my phone's up all the way. Okay. The only other way to do that, Aaron, is if you call the TalkShoe line. It will amplify you, and uh, you're welcome to do that if you want. Um, I I can do that. Do you want me to do that? Okay. Do you have the phone number? You want me to give it to you? Nope, I've got it. Okay, it's right there on the front page of the Water and Files, and, and hit the access code. You know how to get in. I know. Soon, I as, soon, as soon as I see a crazy lady from Indiana on the little list, I'll click you. Then open. you'll know it's me. Okay, <laughs> hang up, and Our, I'll call you right back. Uh, okay, okay, okay. All right. All Bye. right. We're going to try and uh, fix her little sound level, okay? And uh, it should be easier for you at TalkShoe to hear uh had we had all the other networks up, we would just moved forward. Um, this is when it really would have been nice to have two computers, you know, the other $250 laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's all I've spent, you know, is this $250 laptop. Hey, it works. Hey, it works. Don't fix it. That's all I say, you know. Okay. Um we're going to make Erin louder when she calls in, and when she does, we'll click her little, uh, uh, make her um, sound come out, and uh, you'll hear on uh, our interview here today. Oh, there we go. Let's see how we can get it. Let me click it. Gee, that was quick. All right. It's not letting me open it so quickly. <laughs> Let me click it again. There we go. Uh, now, are you there? 
Hi, Doc. You're back. You sound the same to me. Uh, we'll know here shortly if everybody's saying, hey, oh, there are some people, that, you know, having trouble. So that should this should help. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> Can't do any better. That's right. Yeah, yeah you know, and, and you can always listen to the uh, – to the archives. We'll be putting them up. We get better at putting them up now, Aaron. You know, I even got smarter. I put, I actually put the topic because I forgot to do that in my early years. You know, uh, uh, they're saying you're louder, so that's great. That's good. Okay, that's good. good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, I started doing podcasting back in 2006 through a Yahoo uh, Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, Yahoo um, <laughs> venue, and it was pretty interesting. That's when I developed all those uh, uh, remnant call audios and you know the little intros. Well, that's been a few years, and then we you know hopped over and started streaming in the Netherlands over in Europe, and I wanted to come home, so. Uh, you know, what network have I not been on, you know? Kind of like, where have we been? Oh, I feel you know? like we've bounced around a bunch. So Yes, yes. And, and and it has to do, folks, even Aaron, it has to do when you don't get to say and uh, the truth. And they don't, and they say, don't tell you about it, don't say this again. When you start getting that, uh, you know it's time to leave. And um, so that's what's... Basically, you know, kept me bouncing around. Now, not always, not always. Do you remember? I'm gonna. We're gonna talk a little bit. Just kind of bear with us, folks. Aaron, do you remember um, when I was on? Uh, yeah, it was way before the uh, Truth Frequency Group got together. But some of those folks were in that one. I can't remember where it was. Oh, anyway, uh, if you remember, there was this guy in New Mexico. Raymond Powell that had murdered somebody mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they were going to put him on. And, and I told them, don't you dare put him on. That guy's a criminal. This is when uh, you were, I wasn't doing radio yet, but I knew oh, you. Really? And oh. you were still doing the, um, the other radio show. Oh gosh. Um, network. Um, oh, come so on. Yes, well, that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had that one plus, I, what was it called? Freedom Links? No, it wasn't Freedom, Freedom Link. I, I can't remember. Yeah, it was Freedom Link. Yeah. Was it? Was it? Mm -hmm. And then there was that. And Intel channel. Hub. Intel Hub. It was Intel Hub where this was going on. I wrote to him and I said, they were going to put him on. I said, don't you dare. I said, I know him. He's in trouble. He's wanted from her. Now, he got off, folks. But let me just put it to you this way. The attorney that got him off get off a whole bunch of drug dealers. Now, does that help? Let me tell you a little bit more. He got in fight with he got in a fight with a guy. There's no there's no questioning that. He admits it. When he uh, he got in a fight in the street in front of that guy's house, he went to that guy's house and did this. Okay. It came out and it was in the yard. Then it got in the street, and when he left him, he was on the ground. When an ambulance got called and brought him to the hospital, he was dead. Wow. Okay? Now, that's facts, except somehow or other, he got off. But any one of us would have been in jail for life, I'm just saying. Of course, of course. Now, do I need to say what race he is? That made a big difference. 
and his connections to that race. The Zionist world has all these, you know, connections. It's the way it works. Tonight, Aaron, we're going to have fun. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that, you know, today's show basically, if you uh, folks have saw the post, of course, to the Waterman Files tonight, and I'm a little, little weak in the voice, I apologize. There's a little picture there, and I would like to talk about um, history books lie. History books lie. I think that's a good way to put it, don't you? History books lie. Mm-hmm. I've got a little picture on the Waterman Files for the day show, Aaron, and it says, it shows uh, Germany and decimated a picture of Hitler in one corner, Patton in the other, and he says, we defeated the wrong enemy. George S. Patton, 1945. That's what we're going to talk about. You know, I read, I read all that, including his letters. Mm-hmm. I read all that on the show one night. It's a, it's a bit disheartening, isn't it? It was, well, it was, but then it, I just remember as a child growing up, my dad respected Patton so much, and I don't know if he knew this part of that, but he just respected Patton, so it was kind of like. Well, okay, I can agree to respect Patton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can agree to that. And he he tried, and they murdered him. Imagine that. How about that? I'm going to go through a little bit of this, and we're going to kind of set the framework, uh, if you don't mind. And I'm not necessarily a fan of Patton. I'm just saying here's some information people may need to know. Um, but he was murdered. Let's find out why. Here's what General Patton stirred up some trouble, by the way, by speaking out against. He literally came out against the criminal, the war crime uh, trials and the fact that we were bombing German factories after the war and throwing Germans out of their homes. Now, people, that's like, sounds like war mm-hmm. after the war's ended, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people hear this? They just think, you know. After the war, co- uh, communist, Bolshevik, Jewish, Russia, controlled Russia, I should say, took half of Germany, Berlin, half of Germany. We got the other half. But the other half was under the control, folks, after the war of Patton. Not very many people know this. Now, of course, he reported to Eisenhower. We don't want to get was, he, he, learned, he learned the hard way. That was a mistake. Yes, yes, it was, wasn't it? So here's what the deal was. It says Patton's request, despite Patton's, back up here and say, Patton requested that a comment he made not end up in press, and that's where it all began. What was that comment? That we killed the wrong enemy. That we went to war with the wrong people. And here's why. Here's why. Uh, There was a, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, that he'd been asked by Eisenhower to do, but he tried to buffer it as best he can. And this isn't even a Christian man, really. He was a long ways from it, probably. He believed in, I think he believed in reincarnation, didn't he? Now that I don't know. I yeah, I think know. so. I think he said he was a reincarnated, some other, you know, military leader of the past. Might have been Charlemagne, I don't know. <laughs> you know there one you of those go, who knows, right. Uh, but he balked at the orders that he was given to blow up German factories after the war. And this was being directed by a guy by the name of 
Morgenthal. We call it the Morgenthal Plan. Uh-huh. Now, what do you know about Morgenthal? Did you remember about him? Did you get into that? I know about the Morgenthal Plan, but I never really studied him yet. Well, Morgenthal was born in Oskanazi. This is in Wikipedia. I'm reading right straight from it. Morgenthal was born an Oskanazi Jew in Coburg, Gotha. It's big old long. Coburg, Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha, Germany in 1904. So he was born a Jew in Germany. Uh, somehow or other, though, he ends up at the best. Columbia University supposedly is a good university. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he ends up becoming a professor at some of the most prestigious schools of America and ends up in Washington, D.C. as an advisor to international policy. And, of course, he's made out to be this wonderful guy because of his Morgenthal plan. Mm -hmm. What did you find out? about the Morgenthal plan. What do you remember about it? It was an extermination of the German people and the way of life. Yep, that's basically it. I, I could, you yeah. can say, okay, that's the show. We'll just hang up. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. It was yeah. that's, that's basically what it was. It was the, they, were, they were to give the Germans no quarter, kicking yeah. them out of their houses after the war, letting Jewish people move into their houses, um, give the Jewish people anything they wanted, um, basically, it was rape, steal, and plunder from the German people after the war. After is the key. Mm-hmm. After. Let's let, let me read to you uh, uh, some of the. Um, you you know, uh, <laughs> you know a lot of people don't like this guy, but sometimes he tells it like it is, Brother Nathaniel. Okay. Hey, I watch Brother Nathaniel. He he tells you a lot of truth. Come on, he's not yeah. that bad. Um, he's trying. I mean, he's not going to have the damnation that a lot of the other Jews have, let me tell you. (laughs) But here's what he said. General George Patton's murder on December 21st, 1945, began on December 9th, 1945, when after setting out on a pheasant hunting trip in Germany, as he was in his staff car, a Cadillac, by the way, it was a staff car. I mean, come on. He had a big car. Mm-hmm. A good thing. A two-ton U.S. Army truck collided into it. Mm-hmm. Now, from this wreck, Patton suffered a neck injury. His driver, Horace Woodring, and his chief of staff, Hap Gay, they walked away with hardly any scratches at all. Now, he wasn't all that bad, but he was on the way to the hospital just to get checked out. He wasn't dead. He didn't have a broken neck or anything. And Patton's, he got in the vehicle, the rescue vehicle, and while he was in that vehicle, he got struck again by another two-ton Army truck. Imagine that. (laughs) And I guess there were probably no other cars on that road at that time either. Hmm. Nope, nope. It says here he was injured more severely, but he still had life. Neither of the truck this is some facts now about these two wrecks. Neither of these two truck drivers were arrested or were their names disclosed, although Patton's driver stated, the one that was in his car, stated that the first truck had been waiting for them along the side of the road as they started up from a railroad track stop 
They had stopped at a railroad crossing. And then they they waited for him at, uh, down the road. They could see him down there. And when they came up, they hit him. Mm-hmm. The driver of the first truck found out uh, was Robert L. Thompson. They did some digging. They wouldn't give them the names. They had to go after him. Guess what happened to him? Right after that happened, he was whisked out, out and away to London before he could be questioned. Uh-huh. Was He was not authorized to drive the, even the vehicle, and he had two mysterious passengers, which apparently, Aaron, to this day, nobody knows who they were. Isn't that amazing? And, and this is a military vehicle, so no civilian strangers uh, are supposed to be in these vehicles. That's a lot violation. Uh, you know, so w- once he got to the hospital, he finally got a hold of his wife. And what did he tell her? Do you remember what he told her? I do because it haunts me. Go ahead and tell. He basically said, "You have to get me out of the hospital, or they're going to kill me." And what happened? Ten days later, he was dead. Due to what was pronounced to be probably not the truth, or it was, it was done deliberately, an embolism. Correct. December 21st, 1945. Now you have to, if it's a, if they, did they, did they ever say if it was an air embolism or was it a blood embolism? Yeah, see, they didn't say that. So, because it's almost impossible to kill somebody with an air embolism unless you have a big, bu- oh, big huge syringe of, ox- yeah, of air. Oh, right. it has to be huge. I mean, you, you know, can't, you, you know, people are always scared. It, it kind of cracks me up. People are always scared, like, if there's a little bit of air in, in a needle or something, syringe. It's like, that's yeah. not going to hurt you, I promise. Now, if, if you had 60 cc's, yeah. maybe. Well, yeah, well, you know, if you had a diabetic needle, yeah, I don't think you could get enough air. You know, you couldn't get in no. there fast enough anyway. No, no. So, and the syringe wouldn't be big enough to even, you know, it wouldn't get in fast enough. It would, you know, well, anyway, I don't think so. That's right. No. So here's what uh, Brother Nathaniel said. Not only did the U.S. Army make no investigation into this problem of him dying. On a three-star general. But no questions were raised. The remains of him, get this, of an American general hero was never brought his body was never brought back to the states and there was no autopsy. No, he's he was Scalia'd before Scalia was Scalia'd. Same thing. Same it's the so, same MO. That's what I'm exactly. <laughs> it's the same this they have the same MO every time. Look at JFK, look at JFK Jr. Go down the right. line. It's everybody. So, what what was the Morgenthau plan? He she said it. Let me tell you what he wrote in his diary. This, this, she's, re- she's read all this. Aaron is really well read on this topic. But I got to get this out to our listeners. I, they probably heard yours. Go ahead, because I don't have it pulled up. So go ahead. Okay, okay. One of his uh, in his diary, he wrote, "I doubted the expediency of blowing up factories. This is Patton now, because the ends for which the factories were being blown up, and that was." Preventing Germany from preparing for war. Why he didn't wow. want to do it? Why didn't he want to do it? It says here, he says, could be equally attained through the destruction of the machinery. Why don't you just destroy the machinery? Because he wanted to use the building to house thousands of homeless people. That's right. And they wouldn't let him. That's right. 
Then he expressed his yeah, yeah, expressed doubts about the overwhelming emphasis being placed on the persecution of every German person. It was it was horrendous. It it's it's very disturbing, folks. Well, and what got me when I read those doc, what really it was he and I don't remember the exact words. But he basically was saying in this that I'm having to have the soldiers remove you know, women and children, because the men folk were gone, okay, from their homes. They, they, they're barely eking out an existence, okay? They're, they're almost starving to death. But I have to boot them out of what homes they have to let the Jewish people come back in. Now, the, the thing that was going on, Aaron, seemed to be from reading what I was reading, is the Jews weren't – we're not talking about Jews from Germany. No. We're, we're, we're talking about – Jews immigrating, immigrating. Mm-hmm. and giving the immigrants houses over indigenous populations just because they're German, whether they had any, of course, anything to do with the war or not, or whether they were even in the... I mean, you were going to have a hard chance trying to stay in your home if you were German because there was no rule of law there. It was just okay. kick them out and give them to an... Hey, does that sound familiar are we same having, MO are, again, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Are we having a problem with immigration from foreign nationals taking over? Now, what look at Germany they, right now. And look at look at America getting ready. Austria, to have Germany, yes. America. I mean, every country. Mm-hmm. England, now, France. Who's pushing that agenda? Well, back then is no different than the same group of people that are doing it. Now, let me read you this one. This will, this will really it bothers me. He said, I'm frankly opposed to this war criminal stuff. Now, he's wrote this in a letter September 14th and 45 to his wife. I'm frankly opposed to this war criminal stuff. Now, you couldn't call Patent a wuss, I don't no. think. <laughs> no. This is, this, this is a... a a very aggressive military man. He can get the job done. And he's a so, crusty old fart, so he's not going to yeah. take crap from anybody, right? No, no. So he, he's just saying, I'm opposed to this war criminal stuff. In other words, he's not saying, I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a opposed to those who commit war crimes. He's saying war criminal stuff mm-hmm. because he says, it is not cricket. Isn't that interesting? That's almost a British word. He says it's not cricket, it is Semitic. It's coming from the Jews. He says, I'm also opposed to sending POWs Mm -hmm. to work as slaves in foreign lands, the Soviet Union, where they may be starved to death. Now, you know, it's like, what would happen if we saw Americans hauled off to this kind of, and had this kind of treatment. All hell break loose in this country, wouldn't it? Well, it's coming, so probably. <laughs> um, he knew about the gulags. He knew how Stalin was. Remember, and this haunts me too, remember when Eisenhower rounded up all the German officers and soldiers and whatnot and put them on the, in the camps on the Rhine? Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, Patton obviously didn't like how Eisenhower was behaving, and Patton was 
releasing his POWs at the end of the war. Eisenhower found out he released them, and he was angry. So the next batch of POWs, the way I understand it, Patton turned them over to Eisenhower. Eisenhower, in turn, turned them back over to Stalin's army. And what happened to those POWs? These were Russian soldiers that had been captured. They were immediately executed, and they had begged the Americans to please not send them back to not Russia. Not send them back. Please. That's right, please. Hey, can uh, you, you know, imagine Stalin being sent back to your own country and get killed? executed, yeah. Well, Stalin had his own son executed. Well, His own son had been captured as a POW, and he had him executed. You know, I can't say anything more than an apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and the tree we're talking about is Lucifer. That's right. So here's another one in his diary. He wrote, Today we received orders, meaning he did, in which he were told to give Jews special accommodations. And he got upset. He says, well, what's wrong with the Catholics or the Mormons? He says, we're also turning over to the French several hundred thousand prisoners of war to be used as slave labor in France. It's amusing to recall that we fought a revolution in in defense of the rights of man. You know, he was saying basically these were people that were taking orders. They were drafted. They were taking orders. So even if you believed that the war on Germany was correct, you do not treat people that were, you know, forced or drafted most you don't of these do were that, young though. kids. They were 17, 18, 19, 20 years old. They were kids. Uh, yeah. He said his... Kids. Uh, I'm, I'm going to skip some of the narrative that I've got on this website. And I'm going to give it to... I'm going to give people the link to, to read it. But here's when things started going bad for, for Patton. Now, we're, of course, talking about before he's dead because we're talking about his diary and his letters to his wife. And 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 so he, he made a statement. He says, It is indeed unfortunate that the English and the Americans have destroyed have destroyed in Europe the only sound country. Mm-hmm. And I do not mean France. <laughs> Therefore, the road is now open for the advent of Russian Bolshevik communism. And well...
Well, bad moons for sure. Can we just keep listening to CCR? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be all right. Hey, it's my favorite. Come on. Good choice. Now let's listen to it for a second. Well, we hope you've got your stuff together, Aaron, because we're going to continue working on this thing here. And, of course, you know, are you surprised at all? Can I say no? <laughs> you can say anything I was like, you oh, Doc, you shouldn't have said the B word. <laughs> <laughs> not on, Hey, folks, not only was this like... Uh, kicked off we were kicked off to talk to you all of a sudden i lost control of my computer and it got shut off That's totally nice. my computer got shut off no offense i'm glad i'm not on my computer right now thanks doc <laughs> i don't even have my computer on <laughs> there's no way anyway well they need to uh we're like anonymous they need to expect us we're back we're back we ain't going anywhere no no and, uh, we're just uh, we're I'm, just girding and getting ready for the fight because the real warriors will come out to play when the time is right. <laughs> hey, we should write a poem like that. That was pretty good. That was. Well, it's recorded. We'll have to get the words down. So, because I think that's what he's doing. He's getting his remnant ready for the fight. His remnant is getting ready. That's definitely. That's for sure. Let me uh, let me shrink this stuff up, folks. I'm glad that uh, you bore with us here on the uh, broadcast. <laughs> Things got uh, kind of crazy there, and if this happens, don't be surprised if uh, on this topic it doesn't happen again. Do you remember where we were at? Yes, you told you were telling the listeners from Patton's Diaries where he said we fought the wrong enemy, and that uh, because we had fought the wrong enemy and we they, they were sending POWs to France, that uh, Bolshevik communism would sweep Europe, and in fact it has. His words were prophetic in a way because it has swept Europe. It's taken over because then we had the rise of the UN from the fallout of all of this. And that was that was the takeover of Europe and the planet. And it all came from this general timeline. It did. Here's a, a diary note of May 14th, 45. And here's a quote. I, I love these quotes. These are really good. I have never seen in any army at any time, including the German Imperial Army of 1912, as severest discipline that exists as it exists in Russian, the Russian army. Now, let's kind of clarify this. The perspective, folks, Aaron, it, it would be the, the Bolsheviks, right? Not, well, not, yeah. not the, yeah. <clears throat> they were not allowed to be taken as POWs if they, if they were. But they were told they would be executed. They weren't allowed to. I mean, they had they had the the commissars um, following behind the troops, and if anybody was scared, I mean, these are kids. They would shoot them before they ran away. It, it, it's incredible how these Bolshevik communists treated even the indigenous population of their own country. It says here, he said, the officers of that nation, with few exceptions. Give the appearance of what we call the Mongolian bandits. Yep. They were they were ruthless. They were well, absolutely they had, that was the second ruthless. wave of the Red Army was the Mongolian Asiatic Army, 
Yeah, and even the Russian happen. soldiers would warn, would warn the German people <laughs> to beware of the army that followed in their wake, that they were horrible. And they urged the German people to run, to flee, to hide, to get away. That's how ruthless and brutal this Mongolian wave was. And then you have people like the Minister of Propaganda, uh, Ehrenberg, I believe it was his name, Ilya Ehrenberg, that oh, was continually yes. dropping the leaflets down on the soldiers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and he, the, these leaflets, you can go through and find actually the leaflets, the pages, you can find them on the Internet. Basically, everything is yours, soldiers take it, it's yours, do not leave any German unscathed. It's fair game. They're your war booty, that that kind of thing. Basically giving them, actually ordering them to steal everything, rape every woman, rape every child, murder. It didn't matter. No. But no German woman was supposed to be left unscathed. He says here on May 18th in a diary, in my opinion, the American army as it now exists could beat the Russians. Why would they want to beat the Russians? We're not talking about Russia today. We're talking about the Bolshevik communist Russians with the greatest of ease because with the Russian, while the Russians have a good infantry, they are lacking artillery, air, tanks, and in the knowledge and use of this combined, these combined arms, we excel in all of these. If it should be necessary to fight the Russians, the sooner we do it, the better. What he was saying is, Let's go fight communist, Bolshevik, mm-hmm. Jewish, Bolshevism, by the way, Russia. That's right. And he, but then and he, under Lend-Lease, look what we did under that, where we supplied the Russian army with the artillery, the tanks, the planes, and the food. <laughs> I'm sure Patton had to know that. Uh, he did. Yeah. What he, What happened, folks, was... Patton was put in charge as the military, uh, as all military commanders often become in charge of, is the land they conquer. So he was in charge of Germany from a martial law standpoint. So they were still there with a little bit of their presence. And he was basically saying, uh, after he began to see the people that were left, he wasn't talking about SS officers, if you believe that was bad. Or not isn't important. He's talking about the people that never went to war. And he said how they were being treated was horrid. He says we shouldn't even, you know, he was he was saying it was appalling to treat people. He says my Anglo-Saxon mm-hmm. uh, 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 um, origins is is becoming disgusted with how we're just treating these people, period, mm-hmm. at the behest of guess who? The Jews. The Jews. So what people really don't understand is that every single business in Germany after the war was taken over by Jews, every one of them. Mm-hmm. They were handed over lock, stock, and barrel. And they were told they were they told these uh, Russian Bolshevik Jews, uh, Bolsheviks uh, army to go in and just pillage them. And then, like you were saying, after that pillage, they they turned these 
Well, do you know that Mongolians, by the way, uh, happen to be the half brother racial? Exactly. Thank you. I was waiting Jews. for that. That's yeah. right. Uh, the the Mongolians are half. Uh, they uh, they make up half of the Jewish Kazarian race. They do. Their DNA mm -hmm. is mixed in with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, hey, now's a good time to go in and take out communism. Why don't we do it? Well, we made a deal. We made a deal, Bull. We didn't have control over it. Here at home, we had who? Who was Roosevelt. it that was in control? Roosevelt. Roosevelt. What was that guy's plan? What was his plan? The guy that made the plan? Are you talking about Morgenthau? Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we had. And Morgenthau was buddy buddy with Roosevelt. I think he was a handler. Well, of course. Mm -hmm. These are all these were all minions of the dynasty that came out of uh, Europe, and you and I would then, if we want to go back to the origins of it, I know it gets kind of trite saying it, but it's true. Uh, they came from the Rothschilds. They did. They were operators. And it started with World War agenda. One. They had yes. to move players around during World War One, and they had to also move um, like demarcation lines of countries, however you want to say that. So they <laughs> had to move players around on a chessboard and then move different people strategically to have them in place. Then it was the run-up to World War Two. World War One was about the run-up to World War Two. That's what people don't get. They want to Let say it was two separate things, but it wasn't. Now, he's calling these Jews that were coming into uh, – to Germany from, get this, from Russia, from Poland, all around, outside of Germany, they were coming in. Mm -hmm. And he and they were called displaced persons, or DPs, as they called them, abbreviated. Let me quote you another one. And it's about how they behaved, the, the Jews that came. He says... I know which one the, you're going to say. I love this one. These people do not understand toilets. And refuse <laughs> refuse to use them except as repositories for tin cans, garbage, and refuse. They de uh, they declined. They are practicably uh, they were practicable to use latrines, preferring to relieve themselves on the floor. I know that didn't flow very well, but what he was saying is the Jews never would use the toilets. They would defecate and urinate on the floors of the buildings they were living in. Mm -hmm. And uh, they weren't trying to go up to a German-owned place and pee on a German-owned business or poop on, on somebody else's. They were doing it to their own place. That's right. They were. And, and he, he basically he was, said they were foul-smelling, I believe. That was in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> I read it in one of his quotes, yes. <laughs> He says these are no tribes from Judah, which are he says these are descendants from some some of the bitches. <laughs> and, and he and he talked about the Mongolians. You know he he was pretty upset. You know had had Patton known what you and I know now that's clearly uh, uh, given to us through uh, research at uh, John Hopkins University that they have no connections to ancient Israelites. And if Patton had heard and known this, I think there'd be hell to pay. I don't I think he would have protected himself more and I think he would have done an had an agenda to take care of things. Because I think he was he, figuring it out at the end because notice yeah. he said Anglo Saxon. 
Yes, he I did. I think he was starting to figure it out. With When I read that the first time, I had to go back and read it about ten times. And I was like, I think he was figuring this out, and I think it's another reason he was he was deaded, you know, because Patton was so famous at that point. And the American people and his soldiers respected him so much. Oh, they did. They did. That if he had come out with the truth publicly – now, he had already approached the Congress and the Cabinet and the President with all of his concerns, so they already knew he was going to be a troublemaker. Um, but if he had gone public with all this more than he did, can you imagine? Maybe we wouldn't be where we are today. That's exactly what happened. We would have saved the the face of even uh, the Russian people themselves – because the Bolshevik Revolution on Russia was a takeover of the Russian people. It wasn't them. Mm-hmm. It was the takeover. Takeover. Yeah. Well, anyway, here's some more from a September diary. We're marching through post-World War II history, folks. Not during the war. That's different. Apparently leashed upon the uh, German people was some kind of virus. Did you read that part? I think I did, but go ahead, Doc, because it's not ringing through yet. He says, evidently the virus was started by, and I actually requested by, Morgan. I do know where you're going. Yes. Okay. And Baruch of the Semitic Revenge Against the Germans. Benjamin Baruch. Yes. Isn't uh, so, uh, you know, it wasn't enough just to go in there and destroy and take the will of the Reich away and take over the country. They had to go in ruthlessly, like they do Palestinians. You know, here last uh, one of the last times I, I quit viewing these, but there was a uh, like a teenage uh, Palestinian on the ground. Of course, there was five or six armed, helmeted. IDF, that's the Israel Defense Force people, standing around with AK-47s. Here's a kid, barefoot, on the ground, that they just beat the crap out of, and he's laying on the street. Mm-hmm. And what happened here recently? What, what, what did one of those soldiers do? He got, in, he got it in the news for it, but nothing happened to him. He went over and shot him in the head. Just there was that, that was, yeah, that was the there was... There was one recently, too, that was a little boy. He was probably, I don't know, seven or eight, okay? And he it looked like he was on his way to school because he had his little book bag on his back. And you're showing at the intersection of a street there, and there's one IDF, and he's holding his AK-47 on this little boy. They want to search his backpack, basically. So this, And then you see a couple more IDF around, you know, like different buildings a few feet away. They're all pointing their guns at this little boy, and he has to, you know, basically take his backpack off and lay it on the ground and then step back, and then he has to lift up his arms and show under his arms and is under his shirt, and then he has to go up and get his backpack, and then he has to unzip it so they can look in it, and they're all yelling and screaming at him, and they're pointing these guns at him. Now, I don't know about you, but if that was my seven or eight-year-old boy, I would be livid. If they were doing it to my six year or seven or eight or ten or eighteen year old, uh-huh. I'd kill him. I would kill, kill them. I would kill him because this. Mm-hmm. I watch him every once in a while. I can only watch so many because, oh my God, I, I I made the mistake of watch one last week. A Palestinian father had lost three of his children. 
I'm talking anywhere from look like a year and a half to maybe three or four years old in those age ranges. And they were all these little dead bodies, and he was picking them up and hugging them. Little heads are lolling about, and he was he was wailing in anguish. And of course, all the IDF soldiers they're just laughing. Okay, um, this is this is beyond. This is beyond. There's going to be payback. Yeah. There's going to be retribution. Well, let's talk about Israel and what they're doing over there right now. Let's let's make sure everybody's aware. A lot of people were asked questions about you know. Uh, what is the Palestinians? Who are they? You know, what are they doing? Let, let's 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 kind of because okay. they have they the Zionist agenda. It's an agenda of the Jews, but it's it's a Zionist policy as we can recognize Zionist policies. And wait, wait, Doc. People get confused on Zionism too. Zionism is the push for the quote unquote the fake Esau Edomite Jews to have a nation. That's Zionism. Yes. That's, okay. the, that's, that's all the that agenda. Means. And that's it's more than that, actually. It's to, to have planetary takeover. Correct, correct. So so what happened over in Israel? They were given part of Palestine, okay? And they had a little strip. They went out beyond that strip, as they do. This is their modus of operandi. This is what you were talking about, their, their characteristic uh, style. And like they... Paul. They go over into the other areas that are not Israeli lands. And they, so to speak, say it's theirs, but we know now that it's not because they don't have any rights to this land. And what has ended up happening all over there in Israel now, the occupiers of Palestinian lands has become their enemy. So let's kind of put this in a perspective of World War II like we've been talking. If we would call Germany Palestine, it would be like Patton coming in and being the occupier of Germany and being in control of that portion he was assigned. Because see, when we got done, you know, half of Germany was Bolshevik, communist control, and the other half was ours. So Patton was in charge of that. And so he was kind of the ruler over that area. Was it U.S. soil? No, it was German soil. But it was an occupying force. So what do we have in Israel? The same thing. We have Palestinian soil. Is it Israelis? No, but they have been allowed, because of criminal activity, septifuge, and deceit, to become militia or martial law occupiers of the Palestinians. And so they're the ones that dictate how to... And so if you think of this modus of operandi going on after World War II, where they're being vicious, they're being vicious to what you were telling... You, you, you said it, to children. Uh, women were killing themselves because they didn't want to get raped. That's right. And they have oh, they, nothing they to do rape, with anything. They'll put women in jail now, the Palestinian women. They rape them, little girls, little boys. They rape them in jail. Don't sure. think it still doesn't go on today. So what they did after World War II, they are doing now in Palestine. Folks, let me tell you something. Wherever they've been, this is what they do. They did this in Bolshevik Russia. 
And now, make no mistake, the immigration thing, with radicalizing sects of the Muslims and having them immigrate to the European nations, the white Anglo-Saxon nations, it's like sending the Mongolian wave in. Well, sure, and it's it's a way for somebody else to do what they wished they could do, but they don't have the strength, the numbers, or the guts anymore. No, they don't. Now, let's... They let's, have the money. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's talk about why everybody's after Russia as the bad boy. It's real easy, folks. If you stop and think that they used to be a Bolshevik, they're not anymore. So, Aaron, why are they mad at Russia? The Russian Putins of the Russia world. Kicked out the, Russia has paid off the debt to the to the world banks. Mm-hmm. They don't want to play with the petrodollar. They don't want to play with the central bankers. The only issue right now that I have with Russia, and I don't know if it's true because I haven't researched it, they're, what the scuttlebutt is that they're making it illegal to deny the Holocaust. And I don't know yeah. if that's true. I, I know that uh, that's kind of being rattled around over there. Now, let's stop and think, folks. When you have something like a Putin, and he's going to be called the bad guy like he's Hitler mm-hmm. or he's a Stalin. Let's, let's say he's like, you know, he's a bad guy, okay? We knew Stalin was a bad guy. He was a Jewish, Bolshevik, Mongolian horde. He was wicked, and like you said, he killed his own kids. And, you know, in some of these movies, like the one Sean Connery was in, do you remember when he was talking to uh, Duncan MacLeod, telling him who he was, and, hey, you're a yeah. Highlander? Mm-hmm. And and he says, what do you mean? And he says, well, you remember way back when? He says, I know you've lived for a long time. You ran into a dark night. Do you remember that dark night? And, and Duncan MacLeod goes, I, I remember he was evil. He says, yes, he's the darkest of the evil. He's a Kurgan. He called That's him right. a Kurgan. A Kurgan. Mm-hmm. Well, a Kurgan, folks, is a Kazarian. And and Sean Connery went on to say, they throw their babies to wolves as entertainment. Just like they throw their babies to owls as entertainment. And then he said they were from the steppes of Russia. We are talking about Kazarians from the steppes of Russia, what we call now Jews today. That's right. They have a reputation, and they have been kicked out of, I I don't know if all of our listeners... Over 100. Over 100. Over 200. It's 208 nations. There you go. Not because somebody said, oh, you got to kick them out. Oh, you... And not because of prejudice, but because they were welcomed to a lot of these countries, most of them, and then began to behave just like a scorpion behaves, which starts stinging people, or just like a, a poisonous snake does. They bite people and poison people. You know, they became the parasites that they are. And Back in the medieval got, times, it began with blood libel yeah, in these little different villages. Um, yeah, tell us about blood that. Libel. Go ahead. Blood libel is taking usually a child and they bloodlet like a, a a vampire almost. I mean, they, but it's you know hundreds of small cuts, and they bleed these children out and torture them that way, and they drink the blood. And they would get caught by the you know the villages would catch them doing this, um, and they would basically run them out of their country. Yep. And blood now, libel continues today. 
Let me ask you a question, Aaron. Why doesn't why doesn't Jew, why don't Jews now they they talk about they they're you know they're ancient Israelites and they follow the the uh, the Torah. Well, that's the laws in the Bible. First, the Old Testament books, first five books of the Old Testament. But they don't follow that. They follow something else, don't they? The Babylonian Talmud. The Talmud. Now, why is it they're following the Talmud as opposed to India's Sanskrit uh, religion or some kind of Chinese Confucianism or some other culturally uh, very distinct Buddhist type of thing? Why is it they follow the Talmud because they were a, and this did not come, folks, because they were captives of Babylon. No, they were Babylon. They were. See, what people don't understand is the Babylonians in more later, more recent time, and we're talking, you know, when they began to call themselves Israelites, and this was about the time of Christ. He saw them too. They snuck into Israel, Correct. into the Anglo-Saxon Celtic world of Abraham. Mm-hmm. And they said, my daddy's Abraham too. But Christ told them, your daddy is not Abraham. Your daddy and, is the uh, devil. Yeah, your daddy is the they devil. They were the Babylonians. That's who they were. Look at Nimrod. That's, go down yes. through it. Yes. So it, even today with what they actually read, they study and you worship the the Talmud, not the Torah. You might think, you know, a lot of people are going, oh, they study the Torah. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, they study the Talmud. The Talmud. And if you think folks, that's wrong, you go look. And I I just saw this last week. Okay. Um, there was a mother, and she had gotten mad at her child for m- misquoting a verse or something in the Talmud. <laughs> And that was in America. Um, so wow. don't tell me that they study the Torah here. They may study the Torah in their synagogue on you know Saturday, but they are teaching their children from the Talmud. Now, what is the Talmud? Evil. <laughs> the Talmud it's basically is just a, it's just a yeah. collection of what some other Jews, other Mongolian Semitic people uh, from well, they're the synagogue of Satan, folks. It's a collection of writings that their teachers have put together, saying it's okay to say, for example, rape a girl under three years old that is not Jewish. It's not breaking any laws. You know, this is what the Talmud says. This is not radicalism. This is just flat out exactly what they teach. And because of this, there is also something very interesting. You know, uh, one of my shows here recently, Aaron, it might have been the last one or the one before, I talked about DNA and how... I heard that. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Uh, DNA is, it, it, it's kind of like, you know, uh, Aaron, when you, when you breed a racehorse, you usually get racehorses. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you're going to get a racehorse that's really fast every time. No. You might, you might actually go... Where'd this quarter horse come? In other words, the throw of the genetic dice might give you something besides a racehorse. It's possible. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying here is today, yes, generally speaking, there's a certain behavior. 
mode of operandi, the modus of operandi that they go to because it's a proclivity genetically. But well, occasionally, throw, throw this out there, Doc. Why okay. did if people want to think about this? You had the Edomites, the you know the descendants of Esau, the Khazars, whatever the Edomite Terminators, whatever you want to call them. They specifically went outside of their bloodline to breed with white Europeans. Why was that? Well, let's breed <laughs> with white Europeans so that we look more European, so we blend in better, and we can have crypto Jews. So then you have what's called the Ashkenazi Jew. Correct. And they blend in. Now, and the sometimes problem, it's very hard to tell. So what happens, though, is you get some kind of – so when you breed a racehorse with a quarter horse, hoping to stay more racehorse than quarter, occasionally it's going to throw your racehorse. In other words, folks, some Jews don't act – all of them, obviously, they don't all act nasty, nasty, nasty. No. They don't all act nasty. Because genetically, some of the genetic material isn't producing that aggressive. Dominant. Yes, it doesn't produce that behavior. So because they've been like, uh, like you're suggesting, uh, this European mix has kind of dampened it. But, you know, that doesn't mean it's always been. Uh, that's the case everywhere. I mean, look at Netanyahu. I mean, he's pure blood. Uh, nasty. Blood puke. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do we what do we have here? We have uh, something that I'm going to try and. Uh, by the way, uh, Aaron uh, J B Wells on Caravan to Midnight. I wrote to him. Okay. And I and I actually wrote to him and I said, "You remember that quote you did about the Boston Tea Party? Do you remember that when he get when he wrote that?" I do. Mm-hmm. And, and he says at the end of that little thing, the Boston Tea Party says, "I pray to the God above the clouds, or whatever it, it was, whatever how it was said, that they would set Israel free, or the men of Israel. I can't remember the men or it was just Israel. Mm-hmm. And 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 he didn't understand why it was said. So I wrote to him. I said, uh, I just want to clarify for you. We have so much evidence now, including DNA tests, John Hopkins University." Uh, that the Jews aren't ancient Israelites, and that our founding fathers knew that. Mm-hmm. And I said, it's the biggest conspiracy on the planet. And you know what? His producer wrote back, and so on the 16th, I'm supposed to go on and let him know what it what it's all about. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I I yeah. um I hope my voice is good for that day. It's about half speed today, Aaron. And, uh, Drink lots uh, of tea with some honey in it, Doc. Get that Earl Grey that you like. Uh-huh. That's true. Dump some That's honey true. in it. That's a good idea. Maybe I should dump some Earl Grey into the honey. <laughs> that would help. That would help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would. well, anyway. So let's get back to it here. You know, so as we begin to study this, Aaron, I'm I'm very concerned that people do not understand that the wrangling behind the scenes, uh, in, in, and, I, and I picked a time frame. I picked World War II. We could have picked World War One. We could have picked, you know, before that, you know. Uh, but the wrangling behind the scenes is a sign and a definite manipulation of their behavior. That's how they do it, right? Mm-hmm. 
So let's fast forward to why I brought this up was to fast forward to today's U.S. political uh, scene. And let's talk about the president of the RNC. Okay. <laughs> now, for everybody's, uh, just to get everybody on the same page, the fellow by the name of Priebus <laughs> is head of the RNC. Now, do mm-hmm. I have to say what Zionist nationality that is? <laughs> you don't need to tell me, Doc. Do you do I have to say that before he was president of supposedly the conservative party which is supposed to be the RNC, right? And that how we're supposed to look at it. You know we're supposed to get into this Hegelian dialectic, Hegelian dialectic, right left, red blue, black white, you know. So they can manipulate, us, right? Mm-hmm. But they control both sides of the stick. That's right. It's just like I don't like that. Good old, mm-hmm. <laughs> Like Zig Brzezinski, you know, oh Zig, oh Zig, as they call him, had one, he had one yet. son. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be uh, GMO stuff. You know, he must be getting genetic stuff to keep him alive or something. Anyway, one of his sons was in the Democratic headquarters, and one of his son was in his, it was in the art, uh, the Republican headquarters, to manipulate the elections when uh, Obama was coming on board. The first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Priebus, it's not surprising, or we shouldn't be surprised, <laughs> that he was in the ACLU. Now, you know what that is, right? It's that legal f- company firm mm-hmm. of the left-wing radical Bolshevik communist <laughs> yep. that, that, that tries to get things like prayer kicked out or Bibles brought into schools, other freedoms. And, of course, anything that's not Christian can do it, but not Christian, right? That's right. Well, it's the brother to the SPLC, so hey. Right. So, yeah, it's the the brother there. Mm -hmm. Hang on a second. So what do they do? He was was one of their attorneys Mm -hmm. before he went to the RNC. See, now people don't look into the background. Before... Trump actually got started, I wanted to see who was going to be causing trouble for the Republican candidates. (laughs) So I looked up to see who this president might be. Behind the scenes, of course, nobody is. There hasn't been any talk about Priebus until late, right? Because, Because Trump finally brought out how corrupt the party manipulation is do you see a modus of operandi going on again? No, Same. I, I think you're wearing your tinfoil hat again, Doc. No. <laughs> it's the same stuff. Well, it's it's over the same and stuff. Over. And look at all the people that Trump has tapped, and tell me he's not a player. Just please tell me that because all I see is he's a player. It, uh, it's all well, a game. We, it's just mm-hmm. a game. If we, but we do have Priebus upset that Trump is trying to get in. They're trying to kick him out. The only reason that I can possibly think of, because he does lots of deals with Jews, let's just face it. Uh-huh. A lot. The, the only thing that I can think of is they don't like somebody that independent. I mean, 
if Trump doesn't see something in it for himself, he won't deal with them. He can't seem to be tricked and and cajoled, so to speak, and they want somebody totally under their control. Well, he wouldn't be, even if he's on their side. It's kind of like, you know, they came out of the mob meeting. It's kind of like, well, let's let's take it out of this venue and put it in with uh, with uh, Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was supposed to be running drugs for the cartel bosses, including the Bushes, uh, men, that many years ago through Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And even Chip will tell you, one of the reasons why um, uh, what was going on is uh, Clinton was taking a little bit more of a cut out of those out of that drug money than he agreed to. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're criminal in a syndicate of criminals, who do you go to? You don't go to the law and say, I, I, I was telling Governor Clinton that he's only supposed to take, you know, 15% of this money from the drug deals, but he's taking 75 You know, you don't do that. You go knock them off. Somehow or other, Clinton managed to survive playing with the big boys. Yep. And that's why today we see... The Clintons and the Bushes are buddy-buddy. They're just, right. you know, because they were playing the games. Um, what do you think is going to happen with this, uh, and considering the fact that, you know, this is all a controlled field, mm-hmm. what do you see happening with our geopolitical scene for this presidency? What do you think is going to happen? Why do you ask me hard questions? Because I don't know. Um, well, I know you don't, but I, 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 you know, I go along with what I see signs in the economy, and we've talked about this for a couple of weeks, and things are starting to happen. You know that the webbot predicted it; it's happening. The gold and silver are making their move. Um, Russia and China are making their move with gold back one, uh, kicking out the dollar. The dollars, uh, the um, the dollar value is going down. Trump is stirring the pot. Soros is paying his protesters to really help stir the pot. <laughs> this is the nuttiest uh, primary uh, that I've ever seen, the presidential race, the nuttiest one I've ever seen. It's out of control. I I believe it's out of control. Of the, it, you know, when it's in control is when I was always scared. It's like they've already cooked the books, so to speak, and they're uh-huh. just going to open it page by page until election time, and you're supposedly going to be electing who you want, but they've already planned it, you know. Mm-hmm. But when it's this messed up, I think what we're seeing is messed up plans getting exposed. And so. Or we, we could s- be seeing two different factions of the bad guys that kind of yeah. fight, too. Yeah, that's um, true. I wondered about that because they fight like brothers and sisters do. Um, well, they're worse. It's like the mob. Yeah, the mob will, yep. when they talk around the table and everybody's getting what they want, they will. But if they see any weakness in the guy that's got the most, they're not They are off. like sharks with blood. Um, yeah. I, I, I know Hillary. I think Hillary's been tapped. I can see false flags coming. I can see the dollar being devalued before then. I can see Hillary getting stuck in there. You know, I mean... Go back to the elections are rigged. There's really no voting. Oh, we're in the middle of hyperinflation. Everybody's more worried about surviving. And, oh, look, Hillary won. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I can actually, see that. I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you. I think that's where it's going to come down to. I really think it's going to. And I think that's going to create a lot of unstableness, finally, hopefully. Uh-huh. It will. 
So we're talking about... And Doc, remind me. Hmm. When I'm on the computer, I've got a picture to send to you. It's footy. Uh, this is totally off topic, but yeah, I don't know. You said something jogged my memory and almost forgot. A listener of mine from New Zealand sent me some Earth Cam footage from New Zealand of that planet. Ooh. And I, I just got it today. I've got to send it to you. I want your take on it. I'll send you the whole email. Um, him and his daughter recorded it through the Earth Cam that was down there. And wherever it was, then I started looking at like, gosh, is this where you live? Oh, my God, it's beautiful. I'm moving to New Zealand. Um, there is something. <laughs> it's over the peaks of the mountains, and it's a dark circle, and it's there. So, well, it makes sense because it's supposed to be southerly, uh, yeah. up from a southerly direction. So I will send that to you when I'm on the computer tomorrow. All right. But if I forget and you don't have it by evening, call me. i got okay. so much going on. But you've got to see it because that may throw a little monkey wrench into things too is why well, I brought that up. Yeah, that sounds like the WebBot, as we call it, the asymmetric Alta reports. But it hasn't approached that much either. Um, we can talk about why some other time. But uh, uh, So we've got this geopolitical scene playing out. What I wanted to get to was I wrote to an, art- an article now, bear with me, Aaron. This email that I wrote to a broadcast, a new, uh, the owner of a broadcast network, uh, has everything to do with what we were talking about post World War II and who was, uh, how uh, the waking up of uh, Patton was beginning to realize something smells here, and that he'd been used. Okay. Now, if you go to my May second article. The article is called "Bot Broadcasting Gone Nuts," uh, and it's a. I got the. It's based on an article written by a person at News of Views. You can go read it now. I'm not saying that that article is accurate. It's where the church community views. It's a very good representation of misled Christian people thinking that. There was a Holocaust and all kinds of other stuff that killed six million people and all. But it is important, though, that this person that wrote this, because there was other dialogues about this guy is a revisionist and he's with this David Barton and you know. And so you know, when you're trying to correct history and get the truth, like Shark Hunters does and everybody mm-hmm. else, mm-hmm. Uh, you can upset some Christians that think they know better. So this came from that kind of person, but she does have some very interesting information about the fact that um, there's something going on behind the scenes that is uh, trying to get Cruz president. Actually, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm kind of agreeing with a lot of people now. I think Cruz is a CIA operative. I think he's something besides creepy looking. I can't even. I, I, Obama's bad enough. I can't. I, I can't, can't even imagine having to look at Cruz. Well, I um, can't even stand to listen to him. He'd make. I a can't perfect, either. He's a mealy he mouth little twit. <laughs> um, and I can't stand him. Um, I can't stand his wife. It's like Michael Obama's well, tell bad me, enough. Tell me what you really think. You know. I'm sorry, Doc. <laughs> it's like Bernie Sanders. There were some posts that went through, and it had pictures of Muppets that went with each of the candidates. It was hysterical. Muppets. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And that is what it's like. Bernie Sanders, look at that. Bernie Sanders has got the college crowd. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, it's the uh, the brain The college, when you go to college, um, once you get into the professional world of it, uh, you kind of leave some of the programming. But undergrad, it's it's totally here's here's the uh, textbooks from Prentice Hall. And by the way, people don't realize it, but Prentice Hall is a European uh, publishing company. Yes, there's one here, but it's European owned. Guess who sits on the board? Oh, God, I'm afraid. I can't remember. I can't ever remember. He's alive now. I can't remember his first name, but the last name is Rothschild. Oh, are you talking about? Not, are you talking about Evelyn? A man. Yeah. That, he, that Evelyn is a man. I don't, oh, yeah, I, I know name that. I, I know that. Yes, and um, and uh, he's on the board of Prentice Hall. In other words, folks. Okay. They even sat on the board of my anatomy, the books that I taught, you know, 1,000-page uh, medical books, and they have to make sure that the pharmaceuticals are supported every step of the way. They do. Yeah. Now, here's here's what is going on. There was, in my email, an explanation of what's going on. So the best and quickest way to get through this is just to read it to you. Okay. I want you to hear this, and I want you to talk to me about what you think. Dear Mr. Bot, now this was of Bot Broadcasting. He's a owner of, his name's Dick, is, well, Richard. Um, it's Bot Broadcasting. as a Christian broadcast network, okay? Mm-hmm. I, unlike many now around you, have known you since you started that biz- base- in that basement studio in Mr. Reich's Shopping Center at I-70 and Blue Ridge Boulevard. That's, by the way, in Independence, Missouri. And Mr. Reich, by the way, wasn't just a friend. He was I was uh, hired to uh, take care of Mr. Reich as a, a dedicated person. In other words, I was a, that's all I did was take care of him 24-7. That's the only person I had. Okay. And anyway, it says, I even visited it and looked through the glass into the studio, and you were there. Do you remember my late friend, Mr. Reich, don't you? Because he rented this in the shopping center. It was a Blue Ridge shopping center. It was a big one, okay? It's over close to, if you've ever been to the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium, it's right next door because that's who built the stadium. It was on Mr. Reich's property, by the way. So now, however, you cast shame on your name and conservative values. Your support of Cruz is suspicious. Either you are extremely naive, which knowing you like I do isn't the case. So I must ask you, are you being swayed for unacceptable reasons? And pray tell, what are those reasons? In my many years working on conservative issues, such as fighting uh, the corrupt Speaker of the House in Missouri and finally seeing uh, him get what he deserved, or working hard to keep to help establish the Constitutional Party in Missouri and Kansas. By the way, is he has offices in Kansas and Missouri in the Kansas City area. Or helping launch some homeschooling laws in Kansas and Missouri. I have never considered going against the Constitution of the United States for anything. And give me a little leeway on that one, okay? Because this is how they think, okay? Okay. So why are you, Cruz, who is not eligible to run for president, is somehow corruptly moving forward as if he is has the right. Even if he was perfect, which he isn't, 
he can't run. Also, now here's the important part. Also, your support for a coup to remove founder Phyllis Shafley from Eagle Form by Donna Hearn, who is an encounter host on Bot Broadcasting Network in St. Louis, it, it was done because Phyllis announced support for Trump. Now that miffed off Bot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, and is now and is not only wrong; it's outrageous. But maybe that's what Christian broadcasting networks do now. This brings up serious issues. I said serious, serious issues about your circle of friends and business associates. He probably thinks I mistyped that, but no, I meant serious twice. Maybe it's time to check into bot broadcasting and see if there's some establishment connections to Hillary or Bill. Maybe there are some to Time Warner president Edgar Bronfman Jr. from Canada. By the way, he knows what I'm talking about because he is. I wonder how well Edgar knows Cruz since they're both from Canada. There you go. Don't under don't underestimate the power of conservative people of Kansas, Missouri. And I said that because that's where his broadcast networks are. And and beyond, by the way. Where you have you where you could experience the backlash of grief because of your high handed your high and mighty, low-handed backroom efforts to install crews. Mr. Bot, have you actually lost control, or are you just another disgusting hypocrite? And I gave a link to the articles. I gave his Overland Park, Kansas address and everything. I know this guy. Actually, I know him too well. It's nauseatingly too well, by the way, but I thought I'd take this opportunity. It's a, it's amazing to me. What's wrong with these Christians today? They hop on I think these. it goes back to the apostasy. Okay. I do. I, and we're seeing it more and more, and I think it's just part of it, Doc. It says the great falling away, and I think we're seeing that. I think... I think you're right, and I think a lot of it has to do with as they've made Fox their God, ABC their God, uh, NBC their God. Some news, oh, did you see it on mainstream? How come we always say, go rush over to mainstream and look at something? I don't give a rip if it's on there, Tay. I don't watch it. The only thing I watch is the weather once in a while. There you go. We've had nutty weather. so you know, and, that's and, the, Otherwise, and, don't put it on Fox or CNN because I'll shoot the TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't do it. Um, Isn't it just amazing to you? Now, there's no debate even this time that Cruz was born out of country. Correct. But he's still getting the green flag, isn't he? It's incredible. It's it's kind of like, oh, well, all these immigrants. You know, what's funny to me is people don't ask, who are these immigrants coming from? Well, why don't they ask who Hillary was born from? I think she was born from a Jekyll or a hyena or something. But she's, <laughs> so she's not human, and she's still running for president. <laughs> well, look at these countries that are having their people leave. The fighting isn't actually in Syria. It's on the border of Syria. You know what we should have done is we should have brought relief into the middle of the country where there's no fighting, had all of this all these countries where people are leaving from go to some place out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Or or we had another option. You know, Leave them all alone. <laughs> here you go. Uh, Mecca. 
You know what Mecca is, right? I do. Yeah, send them on to Mecca. Go ahead. Well, Mecca, you know, they go there to to I call it the to worship the cube. You know, the they cube, go around the, the black server. cube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them all live in there. What you, what people do not know is that in Mecca in in Saudi Arabia, there's these very very elaborate tents. Now it's not tents with a pole. These are steel structures that are concreted. You know, the steel's concreted into a concrete footing, and they stretch these kind of uh, kind of, of a plastic, uh, but it's really uh, a very very heavy tarpish uh, kind mm-hmm. of vinyl cover over yeah, it. Yeah. They last forever. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it's the similar. Uh, the uh, Denver Airport has that same roof look. We have that on some of our buildings here. Yeah. Okay. Well, they have put up enough of those so that when people come do their uh, worship the cube trip, uh, a million people, and they are sitting there empty. Now, now let me put it this way: they're air conditioned. Okay, so we're not talking about a normal tent thing. One million of them are setting empty. Why? Why isn't supposedly? Why aren't they using those? Yeah. Oh, where's the where's the humanity of the Arab, uh, the supposedly Quran worshiping Mongols over there? These cryptic, by the way, Jews actually. Well, they don't want them there. No, because it doesn't. It's it's all part of the plan. We've got to do the immigration to break down the white European nations. Yeah. So, okay. That's Where do you see this? Do you see a peak coming there? And what 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 do you feel when you've seen all this? We have talked about this so many times. I feel like it's gonna be chaos. When? I'm looking toward the fall myself. I'm looking. At, it's going to take a few months to work through the system, the monetary system. It's going to take a few months as it starts working through. I, I I go along with different research I did, but I also go along with the web bot in this. You're going to start to see gold and silver, and they already are. And pretty soon the COMEX is going to fail. LBMA is already in trouble um, because China has their new um, metals market up. They have their new that's the, that's transfer the things up. Mm-hmm. You were just talking about London. The, 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 yes, I call London it. Bullion Market Association, correct. Yeah, right, right. <clears throat> it's all going – and it's going to go, and I think what we're going to see here, I think there will come a point in the future where where your ATMs won't work. But I think right now we're going to see creeping uh, inflation, hyperinflation. Get to get to that. I think things will. I think it's still going to be kind of slow until that day that it all changes. Well, I had to go back to eating better again. I tried to eat a normal. Again. I mean, you know, like most people, and. Uh, so I had to go back to salmon. Ugh, this is Ugh, killing our budget. Sorry. I, yeah, you know salmon occasionally. You know, I, I even when I wasn't having to eat like this, there was a rare day that I go out to a good restaurant and I order salmon, cost an arm and a leg. See, Brad loves salmon. That's a treat for him once in a while. Woohoo! To order salmon. Well, yeah, he well, wouldn't want to eat it every day though. No, let me tell you, it gets old, and it's and it's gone up. We we've seen it go up uh, thirty. Some odd percent, I think, is what, how much it went up. Mm-hmm. But, but here's the here's the thing. There's some days it's not even there. We're starting yeah. to see things. Uh, well, it'll come on Saturday if it's not that. Try back Wednesday. You know that that we're starting. They to don't hear know. That. That's right. Yeah. The, the people at the stores don't know. Well, it might be on our truck. 
but it might not. We don't know. If management doesn't know what they're getting in, it's kind of weird. Uh, there's it's, a, there's a, it's, it's already starting collapsed. to break down. It is. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm reading from the web bot that that this uh, this summer. Uh, what's going to kick off the massive, massive first right. round of crap being big, the big stuff, happens to come from the college crowd with student loans. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know what it's like when you don't make payments on student loans? Your life turns into hell. Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, it gets really, really bad for you. Well, the system is supposed to have some collapsible, uh, collapsing issues, uh, management issues. I don't know what you could say. Uh, computer glitches. Could something. Be, I think anyway. it's computer glitches. Yeah. 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 So that's supposed to. Things are getting glitchy anyway. And you know, the listeners out there that do have cell phones, you'll know what I'm talking about. Just sending text lately for about the last two weeks, Doc. Sometimes mm-hmm. they send really well. Other times. It literally will take hours to try to send a text message. I agree. There's something what, going on with the whole network thing as far as your Wi-Fi, your cellular, that kind of thing. It's, it's the government trying to hook in to control uh, the data control points, and they cause glitches on this network. You know when we first started the Internet, it did not have this uh, going out problem. It didn't go down like this. But it does not. Mm-hmm. But I'm I, I'm talking way back. I'm talking when they did the BBS stuff, you know, the bull right. stuff. Mm-hmm. It was always there. It was like, you want to use it? It's there. I can remember, you know, trying to find a way to get it free because it was kind of expensive, you know. So out came, what was that company? Zero something. I don't know. Anyway, um it was always there. It didn't like collapse. You know, you might have had a computer problem on your end, but right. the network, it was like the phone company. It was always there. <laughs> it always worked unless you had somebody hit a pole or something, right? Mhm. Mhm. No, it's it's glitchy now. I mean, it there's things are glitchy. Um Yeah, uh, one of our listeners said net zero. Yeah, it was net zero. Yeah. I use that. High speed net zero. Oh my god, I'd kill it now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, but it was—it's been here a long time, you know. And it was in the days of, uh, of <clears throat> wallpapering your walls with AOL CDs. They sent out here, join our group. Oh, I know. You, know? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I uh, you, you couldn't even right. get them to stop it in the mail. You know, it wouldn't stop. No. You got—I don't know. They could have paved from LA to New York a whole highway made out of uh, CDs from AOL. Yeah, I, know. Uh, I probably well, still got some around here, probably. It, you know, it was really strange because when I worked on uh, Sprint way back then, um, AOL was on the other side of the uh, of the telephone office from the intelligence communities uh, there over out on the East Coast out there in Virginia. It was kind of funny. You know, I go, you know, I never did ask Frank, is this one of the companies, you know? I mean, I, I got a whole list of things like, you know, you, uh, UPS is it's a government-owned thing. I mean, it's a government-run thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. com- so is Western Union. I can go through a whole bunch of lists of them, and uh, the, and I'm going. When was the government of the U.S. ever allowed to compete against the American enterprising model? When they well, wanted to take it over. Hmm. And I wonder who that was. 
I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. I see what they're doing, and I see it's going to get rough. So what do you suppose? Um, what would you recommend people uh, listening today? You know, it's kind of hard, isn't it, to wrap your head around hearing this Jew thing all the time. I know it gets exhausting, but it's kind of like a sore or a pain. I can't get away go, from it. You'd love to get away from it. You know, it's like mm-hmm. this thing in my throat. Um, I'd love for it to just give me a break, but it's constant. I'd like to like, you know, I'd like to have, I, it, we should have been made where you can like, if you're having a shoulder problem or let's say you're having a left, yeah. yeah, or a left hand problem, you could disconnect it late in the, in, in the, you know, lock it up in the top shore, drawer of your dresser so no kid gets it or the dog doesn't run up there and start chewing on it. And but then we're talking about could, robots, Doc, and that's creepy. You're like a and, cyborg. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, what we have to do is just, I think, be aware that there is a huge a very large war going on that's been launched against the ground crew. Mm-hmm. And um, I just thought I'd make a note to mention while you're on the air, too. We're going to be meeting, okay? And it's not October anymore. Um, there's been a lot of the folks saying, you know, we might need to meet sooner. So I've given this scheduling to uh, Susan. And uh, it's looking like late June. I hope you can come. You and Brad can come to it. Might be a little easier than October. But I don't well, know. I mean, I don't have anything to drive at that point. I mean, <laughs> this is ridiculous. But anyway, we have two vehicles, and they're both out of commission. That's cool. Um, both? Both? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, didn't your windshield get knocked out of that one? It's not knocked out. It's still in there. But it's yeah, been hit like five it. times. Oh, no, you can see through it. And actually, we're driving it right now, but they both need to be fit. I don't know what we're doing. That's a whole show unto itself. <laughs> I will say that the insurance company did call me today, and they want to settle real quick on my bodily injury injury claim. Oh, let me tell you how this works. There's a federal law that bodily injury claims have to be settled in two years. Now, if you don't need the money, I did this one time. I said, I'll just wait. I'm not selling. I'm not done. They're wanting to settle before I even have the hospital bill. Right, right. They want to do that. And they'll say, we'll pay 8000 towards your hospital bill, and then we'll give you 2000 for future uh, medical. And, oh, yeah, they... and and then, you know, we'll just send you 800 bucks for you put in your pocket for your discomfort. <laughs> and I said, you know, I haven't even received a hospital bill yet, and I'm going <laughs> to almost guarantee you that it's going to be more than $8,000, and I'm not paying a dime of it. Well, I can, I can and I've got a doctor's it. appointment with my doctor, but I can't get in until May 20th. So, well, you're on a government But then when, he found, when I told him I was a, uh, a nationally syndicated talk radio host, he got real quiet for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he, he yeah. was like, oh, well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, so what Aaron's talking about is a hailstorm came and just ripped. No, this is from the car accident. Uh, well, I mean the the other damage. Oh, the other vehicle, the hailstorm. Yeah, we're dealing with that too. And uh, she had the hailstorm. It just, 
creamed the, the window glass, and uh, then she had an accident and it messed up stuff. And so um, you've got one more thing. Doesn't it come in threes? Um, we've got his, Brad's mother going off the deep end, so that's pretty much taking a lot of her time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, maybe you've yeah. got your third thing now. Mm-hmm. That, that, you can, that's you can... <laughs> to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got four claims for insurance right now from somebody that's never really filed a claim before, really much. Oh, we got a comment, Aaron. Uh, I don't know if oh. you're in the chat room. I'm not. I don't uh, have a computer on. I th- and if I recall, I don't want to say what she did because she didn't tell everybody else, but she's in the know about this. Okay. okay? This okay. is, I can tell you how good she would know this off the air. She says, tell, she said, Ernie, tell them to diary, quote, in diaries in quotes, the file ahead for six months, then put it in writing. She says in New Jersey, at least, if a claimant requests time, they must comply. They, actually, uh, she, actually, I would love to call her because I do need <laughs> help navigating these waters because I don't know. I do uh, know that I'm in pain and I'm not going to settle for $800 right now. Well, I, I think every state has this, hey, don't contact me for six months. You can't. They can't. They can't. I, I, I was in, in Oklahoma. Um, I was two years. I could get along without what happened uh, for money for two years. And I know what whiplash does. It's a soft injury, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on, doesn't it? But I've never had, you know me. You know me. I've never had back pain. And now we I went into Menards with Brad this evening. He needed to get plumbing stuff for the fish room. I walk in with him. I'm standing there for just a minute, and it's like, I can't do this. I had to walk back out to the rental truck that we have for a couple of days and sit, because I, and I can't sit for very long like that either. Um, I've never had back pain like this. This, this, this is this kind of you're you're exactly right. This kind of thing, uh, it it uh, migrates, it comes and goes, but it doesn't easily mediate. It's not easy yeah. to mediate. It's a lot of work. A doctor, a good doctor, will be working on you, and then it'll uh, it'll need to be therapy, getting therapy, and it could take a it takes a long time. It's it's yeah. not like breaking an arm. Going and no. having it uh, uh, surgery and put back together and waiting for it to heal. It's not quite like that. I'd almost rather have that. But I'm going to mm-hmm. go to my doctor. Now, he is an MD, but he likes the natural stuff. He kind of flies under the radar with it, okay. but that's what I like. And he's like really five <laughs> minutes from me. It's just it's hard to get in, okay. and I've got an appointment because I'm not I'm not settling. So they can just. Stick that in their pipe and smoke it. Well, when it gets to the dead end uh, of this must be settled, the insurance companies get dinged real heavy if they do if they have an unsettled claim. They get in big trouble. So they almost will do anything. And so guess what? What they will pay you goes up. And it goes up. It's not even that. It's I'm not going to – I certainly am not going to – it's not even been a week. And they're wanting to settle. Remember when Lane was in the motorcycle accident last summer? Oh, that went on for a long time. Well, it didn't go on that long because it was his health insurance. But what it was, he was in the emergency room, in the trauma, which is what I was. Oh, yeah. I got hit going 60 miles an hour from the rear end. They shuffled me right over to trauma. Then all of a sudden, I got like 20 people around me. I'm like, holy cow. Anyway, um, Lane went in, ambulance, in trauma. He was in the hospital. 
less than three hours. His bill was over $18,000. <laughs> and I'm thinking, they oh, did more yeah. to me than they did to Lane, and you're going to pay $8,000 toward my bills? No, they're I didn't to... ask for a texting teeny bopper to plow into the back of me and my grandson at 60 miles an hour. I didn't ask for that. I didn't request it. It wasn't on my do list for that day. Uh, I'll tell you. He, uh, don't do it. Just, you know. I'm not. Uh, I, I am if money sure gets what... real tight, the hospital bugs me for money, too bad. Well, yes, exactly right. That's exactly right. I, 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 you know, I, we're now you and I have become veterans of the ER. Um, I, I hate have, it. <laughs> you know, I can't even remember. I really can't even remember the last time I was in the ER before I started going <laughs> those three times in November. Uh, although this last week I almost went back into ER for my throat. I mean, I was in such excruciating pain. I was about ready to take a hammer to my head to mock myself. I, you know, sometimes bad. going into the ER for that, and don't take this the wrong way. You can slap me off air. But sometimes when you're in that kind of pain, getting a morphine injection, and I'm not about pharmaceuticals, you know that, but sometimes yeah. that morphine injection stops those receptors, gives it a little time to settle down, and it's better. Yeah, it gets better. I agree. Uh, it takes – That's an, uh, it's called emergency medicine. You know, it is, and they're good at trauma. Yeah, they are. But now I, but okay. I'm like you. Now I've got a detox. I had the contrast media, the IV stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. For the CAT scan. Now I got a detox. Really? This is cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't ask yeah, for this. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know. Uh, all of this, uh, you know. Ever since my little event uh, last November, I get canker sores. I've never had canker sores. Really? So uh, you know, I'm not like uh, you know. Doctors, let me tell you what doc, doctors don't know everything. I mean, you might think they do when they come in your room, they tell you all about something. But it's after they go back to the room, either go on the internet or the computer or get their reference book out and they kind of got a suspicion about something. They'll research it for a second real quick and then they'll come in and tell you. It's not about how much you know, it's if you know how to find the answer. That's, That's what's it. important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 so I started checking, and I go, whoa, you get a bunch of canes. So Susan, I, I turned, I didn't even feel good to do it. I said, Susan, check this out. This out. She says, oh, gosh, if you have these things I had happen, you'll get canker sores. I go, oh, great. Well, you know? I didn't know that either. Wow. Yeah. So the, the, problem, the problem is, is that so many things are so um, – uh, narrowed down to, oh, you got hit in the head, you have a head problem, oh, you got a neck, oh, it's hurt, go fix it, blah, it's over. No, that's not, not the that end easy. of it. Mm-mm. It's not the Your end body of it. can't heal from that trauma that fast. I mean, I was well, doing it's so other things good, too. and now it's like my range of motion is like decreased by about 35%. That's cool. It, it'll take, it'll take you, can I be a doctor on the air here for a little bit? Mm-hmm. It'll take you about six months for all of that inflammation in those kind of areas to go away with nothing else in aggravating them and getting on a protocol that starts healing it. It'll take six months. I wouldn't right, well, well, he tried the, the, the insurance guy tried to tell me, oh, well, you'll be better in six to eight weeks. I said, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, what's that like? Really? Okay. <laughs> That's how long yeah. it takes to heal an arm after I, being He was surgery, a little yeah. upset. When I said I wasn't going to settle today, now who in their right mind would settle? And you know what? Ben is two and a half months old. He was in his car seat 
but we're going to be watching. I don't want Lauren to settle his bodily injury either. He's a baby. No. Let's wait a little while and make sure he's okay. He could have some stuff, yeah. I uh, the, the, be a the, doctor the, again. I worry about his brain. These okay? people have uh, ac- actuaries, I think it is, or some. Anyway, they have these people at insurance companies that says if we can settle within this time frame, we can usually do it for a lot quicker than if we wait. So they make a point of trying to get it done sooner. By the way, we got some news in the chat. And I, I'm just kind of catching up with Aaron here, and we're about ready to end because it's past the top of the hour, and we're going to probably have to quit here. Just to make an announcement here, uh, apparently uh, Cruz has just announced he's dropping out of the race. Did he really? Is that after Indiana? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. And he called us all chumps or something in Indiana. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a lot of things he called in. <laughs> I know. Well, you know. Indiana, they're not all the brightest people, but we got some smart people here. I got friends that are here, and they're pretty smart. Um, but good, well, let him drop out. Uh, Go back to his his Munster family mansion, wherever that is. You know, if you're going to run for president, at least be eligible. Otherwise, we might as well have uh, Maharashi in from India, and uh, maybe no. Why don't Chinese... we have Putin come over here? Yeah, a Chinese dictator show up, and maybe, you know, uh, well, why don't we get uh, a Brazil? Uh, maybe their president would like to try and be. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, right. Go ahead. Yeah, right. you, know, you know, why don't we just invite the entire world to come? Hey, you can be president of the U.S. How about that? Right. It works. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure having you, and I know I, I um, um, called you at the last minute, but I really wanted to have you on for a while anyway. All right. I haven't done radio for a while, so it's good, Doc. That's been good. Folks, uh, you'll find us up in a day or two, hopefully, tomorrow night at uh, 7 o'clock. If you get the hankering, Aaron, we can do it again if you just like, oh, man, I got to, you know, if you find anything cool that we can talk about, it'd be great. We can do it again. (laughs) 7 p.m. East Coast time tomorrow night. Hopefully we'll get all the networks up and running. We didn't get them all up and running. And... uh, Ground crew, get ready, be prepared, and uh, remember, uh, really, and I, I, you know, this is important to me. How how important? Well, really important, and it's you know to know that we're not alone. Aaron is big, big. I don't care how far apart we are, but when we're not alone like this, um, when we know we're not alone, it makes a big difference. Well, we know we so, got brothers and sisters out there, and that's what makes a difference. That's right. That's right. Okay, Aaron, I'll let you go. And thanks, everybody, uh, thanks for listening and putting up with the delays. We'll take them out when we put it up. Bye-bye.
I forgot to make an announcement. And so I'm going to make it, even though we've got this plane. And that is that we are still gathering names for the emergency phone tree. If you want to be part of the ground crew emergency phone tree, contact us at the Waterman Files. And you can do that at groundcrew at unseen.is, or you can call us. You can get our phone number by going to simplyyourfood.com. And uh, hopefully you got this message. <laughs> All right, that's that's the announcement I forgot to make. Okay, bye-bye. And as I wait for my dreams to surface, as I wait, I'm drowning in the rain. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.